The Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hey, great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to, lots to talk about. One guy is in trouble because he called a couple of females by descriptive words for females. He's in trouble and actually got fired, and people are now lobbying to get his job back. And uh, in another story, we've got people who are actually praising those who physically attacked Riley Gaines the other night in San Francisco. I kid you not. This is how nuts it's gotten. But again, we will always bring you the truth. We'll always make fun of them because they deserve to be made fun of. And we'll always make sure that we correct whatever bad news stories you get because they're not being reported correctly, especially on a Monday. Motown Monday. That's Carrie Lockie. Carrie, how you doing? Um, okay. Better than okay in my book. That is Sam. She's getting it done. Mike is hooking us up behind the controls as Polo works on the technical issues from earlier. Uh, Joe Pag show for your Monday. Glad to have you along for the ride. Junior Walker and his shotgun. Kay Smythe at the bottom of the hour bringing you some cray news with Kay on a Monday. Appreciate her stopping by. We've got a big week coming up. We're, we're planning on bringing you some. Care uh, we're bringing uh, last week. We brought it. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. last week it was brought in. Um, Absolutely. I posted this earlier, and we, we just had a lineup of people last week that was like, "Holy crap, really? You're bringing in those kind of people?" I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, if we could have it on the network, people will come on." <laughs> you, know, you know, just just gonna put it out there. I mean, I usually, yeah. it, it depends on if you can put the show actually on the air, which is important. That'd be kind of nice, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it would be yeah. good. Um, mm-hmm. But but I, I gave a list on Twitter earlier. If you're not following me on Twitter, I don't know what your problem is. It's at Joe Talk Show at Joe Talk Show. Last week, Donald Trump Jr., Sarah Carter, Case Smythe, Roger Stone, uh, Laura Trump. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, Kim- Kimberly Guilfoyle, Cash Patel, Rudy Giuliani, and General Flynn. What? Oh, look what? at Who you. Who does that? You didn't bring it. For Who the does that? Who's doing that, yeah. by the way? That's Joe Pass. Hello. Thank you. And you're mm-hmm. lucky. So uh, we're doing all that. Uh, this week, we're going to bring it. You know that Riley Gaines was attacked last week in uh, San Francisco. So tomorrow, we'll have Riley Gaines on. Why not? Oh, good. You know what I mean? Good. Yeah. And, uh, and mm-hmm. again, we can't, story. can't get the show up to the stations. We'll just tie a bunch of cans and strings together. <laughs> And see if we can't get it to the 170 stations that would like to have it. Also, Dr. Maria Ryan, the latest on what's happening with COVID and so on. But we've got a lot going on, um, a lot to get to. Later on in the week, Dinesh D'Souza. Oh, yeah. And by the way, by the way, Dinesh is coming to San Antonio next week. He's going to be speaking at UTSA. Oh, is he really? Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. So uh, Mm -hmm. we got that for you, which is always nice. Um, Later on, it'll be case money this hour. I wanted to go back to the Riley Gaines story, though. And you saw the video, right? Yes. Yeah. So she speaks, and again, Riley, yes, she's athletic, but she's 5'4". And she's not a gigantic person and just went there to say, hey, we just want fairness in girls' sports. I have never heard Riley Gaines ever say anything against a trans person, ever. All I've heard her say is, we just want fairness. 
We want to be able to go and compete against other women, nobody that has an advantage. We want to be able to go and change into our swimsuits and not have a guy with all the guy parts there saying he's a woman and this Leah Thomas person in the actual changing room with us or in the, the locker room with us. I don't think that what she's asking for is unreasonable. She's never said trans people shouldn't exist. She's never said, I don't believe that Leah Thomas thinks that he's a girl. She's never said any of that stuff. She's never said anything against him and the way he chooses to live other than it's not fair that we have to compete So uh, against the man. So because of that and because of the attack she's got, she's decided I'm going to go to different colleges. I'm going to go to different venues. I'm going to go to different forums, different talk shows. She was on our show a month or two ago and talk about this because... If we don't speak out, women's athletics will go away. I mean, just in the past year or two, the best swimmer is is a man. And this is all in women's sports. The best swimmer is a man. The best weightlifter is a man. Best rugby, rugby player is a man. The best bicycler or bicyclist is a man. This is, this is just in the past, like, year. And it's not going to slow down. Why wouldn't mediocre men who can't get it done in their in their sport against other men, why wouldn't they say, hey, let me grow my hair out. Don't have to cut anything off. Don't have to take any drugs. Don't have to do anything. I could just say that I'm a female now and go and do it. I mean, why wouldn't they? Of course they would, because they want the glory. This is not because they want to live that way. All right, be Leah Thomas, but don't be a swimmer. Or be William Thomas and go swim against the guys. Just get better. If you can't get good enough to win, then you don't get good enough to win. Not everybody wins. So... Riley goes to San Francisco State University, gets done with her speech, and it was a panel, it was a good discussion from what I understand, and then a bunch of trans activists showed up, most of whom aren't trans, because it's a very small percentage that is, um, and they start surrounding her, screaming, yelling, megaphones. She says she was punched twice by a guy. Not that it would be okay if a girl did it, but the scene was mayhem. Carrie, did you know that she was holed up in a classroom for three hours? I did not know that part. The San Francisco police had to come and escort her out. Three hours she was in this room oh, with wow. the with the university police force. Instead of them trying to get her out, that was the only way they could protect her. And we'll have her on tomorrow. But when you said, I did not believe this story. I didn't believe this because the people that were responsible should be in trouble, should be arrested, should be prosecuted, and the school should be apologizing. It's not, is it? Uh, absolutely not. This is from The Blaze. Former NCAA swimmer Riley Gaines was reportedly assaulted by a man in a dress and mobbed by verbally abusive protesters after giving a speech Thursday at San Francisco State University. Rather than denounce the violence or castigate protesters for hounding the 23-year-old All-American swimmer into hiding for three hours, the university instead extolled those responsible. Jamila Moore, vice president for student affairs and enrollment management at SFSU, issued a statement thanking students involved in the protest, which at one stage devoted further into an extortionist effort. The Blaze previously reported Gaines discussed the invasion of female-only spaces by men at a Turning Point USA and Leadership Institute event on April the 6th. Gaines told SFSU students about her time competing in the Women's NCAA Swimming Championships against male athlete Leah Thomas, who she claimed in a February interview had exposed his male genitalia in a women's locker room after a meet. 
A footage taken by the student-run news outfit Golden Skate Express shows police escorting Gaines down a hallway and away from the angry mob. When the officers reach the end of one corridor, they appear to find the door to a safe room locked, at which point Gain turns to, Gaines turns to calmly face the extremist who holds signs that read, Go the bleep home, trans lives matter, and trans women are women. One LGBT activist can be heard screaming transphobic and the B-word. In addition to allegedly being struck multiple times by a man in a dress, Gaines was barricaded in a room for approximately three hours and was only able to, able to leave campus after police threatened to arrest the remaining protesters. Jamila Moore first underscored in her statement that the trans community is welcome and belongs at San Francisco State University. Despite SFSU's alleged diversity, Moore noted, we may also find ourselves exposed to divergent views and even views we find personally abhorrent. These encounters have sometimes led to discord, anger, confrontation, and fear. We must meet this moment and unite with a shared value of learning. Thank you to our students who participated peacefully in Thursday evening's event, she wrote. Does she apologize at all to Riley Gaines? Uh, nope. Does she say those who did the violent protest should be prosecuted? No. I'm, I'm confused. She did say, though, however, there are resources available to members of the mob, such as counseling and psychological services. I'm sorry. You can get counseling after beating up a, a, a swimmer? You beat up a, a female swimmer and you can get some counseling? Yes. And at one point, she also said for the scores of screaming protesters, it took tremendous bravery to stand in a challenging space. What? I would say that about Gaines, but she's talking about uh, the protesters. It took bravery to scream to the screaming protesters. It took bravery. Tremendous bravery. Tremendous bravery. It's brave to gather a crowd of demented individuals and scream at somebody when they just simply want it to be heard. But, you know, Carrie, I thought these were the tolerant people. The, those on the left are tolerant and accepting, uh, right? That's not very They believe in diversity, don't they? Mm, Riley Gaines no, is just bringing diversity of thought. And by the way, everything Riley Gaines said was true. We've got men that are stealing the glory and stealing opportunities from women. You know, I posted about this on, on the Twitters and had some idiot who said, or I did this on Instagram. Some idiot said, name one time a man took an opportunity from a woman. I'm like, really? I mean, hmm. Are, have you been asleep? They've been asleep, I mean, right? For the past couple of years, how much time you got? <laughs> right. I mean, almost oh, every we day. Do these stories every week. You literally send me one or two of these stories a day. I just sometimes <laughs> blow them off. I'm like, I can't do this every day. Yeah. So every yeah. day, there's something else that says women don't matter. Women are becoming more invisible in our society every single day, and we've got nut jobs claiming that it's not happening. I mean, what? 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Your thoughts when we come back. Stay here. Mike's hot. Motown Monday, the Joe Pags Show. Glad to have you here. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on, lots to happen. Gay Smythe at the bottom, so about 11 minutes from now. We do appreciate you. Phone calls coming in about Riley Gaines. Again, we'll have her back tomorrow. If you've got a question that, you're, that you've got for Riley Gaines, um, if you've got a question that, that you'd like me to ask tomorrow, have not interviewed her yet. 
Uh, I mean, it did a, a month or two ago, but the new interview will be tomorrow. You could always go to email. Don't call in with it. Just go to um, joepags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. Scroll down, click on contact, and send an email to the team. I'll certainly take it under advisement. I'll definitely do that. A couple of calls in Riley Gaines. We also have the story about this teacher that's in trouble. I guess got fired for saying something unbelievable. You're not going to believe what this person said to the students. We'll have that for you coming up. Let me go to Sean, who's in San Antonio. Sean, what's going on? Hi. Hey, how's it going tonight, Joe? Living the dream, man. What's happening? Hey, uh, you know what you said something about the, you know why I thought they're the tolerant left. Well, you know what? Maybe they're taking a playbook, you know, play out of the trans community and they're identifying as a tolerant left. But they're really not. But they're really not. Well, I mean, you can identify so as anything kind of, you want to be honest with you. So, I mean, that's easy. Exactly. So you know, like I, said, I, I identify as a skinny rich man and. Fortunately, the bank doesn't identify me with that. So, so are, you say, are you saying that you're a fat, poor guy? What are you saying? <laughs> well, according to the bank, yeah, I'm just a fat, poor guy. <laughs> Come on, Sean. I appreciate that call. See, there you go, Carrie. I mean, he can identify as anything he wants. There you go. I have a question. Yes. I have a question for Riley. And got? I'm thinking also as a parent, I mean, does this, when she has interactions like this, does this embolden you more to go out and talk more and stand up against these people? Because I'm thinking if I were your mother, I wouldn't want you out there. That's so scary. Um, you you have police escorts and you can't leave. You can't leave that space for three hours because it's not safe for you to leave. You know, that's uh, definitely a mama bear question. I will ask that question tomorrow. I promise. I know. You. I can't so, no, it's a great question. I mean, I, I wouldn't want my kids going and doing that. But at the same time, you know that she's an athlete and she's competitive. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I'm not going to give up. Are you kidding me? Exactly. That would be my guess. That would be her answer. Of course, I'm not going to give up. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go even harder and I'm going to speak more and go on to more college campuses. So. Exactly. But I will ask that question. It's an excellent question. It's like you're a journalist. It's like you ask questions mm-hmm. for a living. It's crazy. Well, we'll definitely I do that. Let me go to yeah. Kevin, who's in North Dakota. Kevin, what's going on? Hi. Yeah, actually, you guys are talking about Riley Gaines and the, the fact that she was actually held against her will. Yes. Uh, I heard a report this morning from uh, the local station here, WCFG, that uh, Riley Gaines is actually going to start uh, proceedings to uh, litigate uh, the people that were trying to extort her. And probably, hopefully, she'll go after the college, too. Joel, she said that the other day that she would be going after, I would assume, at least the college for putting her safety into, into risk. And, and let me tell people how, how we, that they were trying to extort her. Kevin, thank you. I appreciate the call. Uh, Carrie, did you, you watch the video? Uh, there was literally a, a part of the video. I watched some of it. It shows those who were gathered saying, don't let her buy. And then one guy says, mm-hmm. well, let's make her pay us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's oh, do that. $10 wow. per person. Okay. Then we'll let her buy. It's all on video. It's all in audio. We literally have them planning to extort her to let her out. Think about that. Well, They're mm-hmm. there to stand up for the trans community. But if you give me 10 bucks, I'll let you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, really? You're so firm in your beliefs that $10 gets you, get you a free passage? Doesn't make any sense. Let me go to uh, Kathy in Florida. Kathy, what's going on? Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I uh, heard the... Uh, <clears throat> Joe Biden's um, press secretary say that uh, they needed to fight back. And that's what you get. You get people um, that are being violent, are being uh, assaulting, basically, the the swimmer. And I think she, Jean Pierre, whatever her name is, she ought to be held responsible for that comment. Well, I'm with you. They keep talking about how brave, and thank you, Kathy, keep talking about how brave the trans community is. And they're very strong young people, and they're this and they're that. And, um, you know, they're fighting back and they, they can't stand for the violence. 
I think that you are getting to some into the brains of some really, really half-witted people and making them think this is okay. And it's not okay. Riley Gaines has every right as an American citizen to go and speak her mind and to go there in a forum and debate people, which she was doing. It was a very good debate from what I understand. But then they did this to her on the way out, and there were there was no safety there for her. So I think she definitely sues the college. I'll ask her tomorrow. I think she could definitely sue those who tried to extort her, without a doubt. Carrie, in the time I have remaining here, we've got to talk about this teacher who got in trouble because he mm-hmm. dared call them what? Yes, uh, from Fox News, a school district in Massachusetts will host its first public meeting Monday since a superintendent candidate reportedly lost his job offer for addressing female colleagues as ladies. Dr. Vito Perone previously well, told the Daily Hampshire could, Gazette. If you, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. I thought you said ladies. Well, he must have said something I way did. worse than that. No, no, no. Ladies. Ladies. And there were ladies. Uh, there were women. Yes. If I uh, called Dr. you a lady, Perone? is that offensive? <laughs> no. Just asking. All right, go ahead, Ladies Kate. and nice work. I so think, he says but, that. What else happened? Um, Dr. Vito Perone previously told the Daily Hampshire Gazette he was offered the position as the head of East Hampton Schools on March 23rd, but later notified the job offer had been withdrawn over his choice of salutation in an email to negotiate his salary with the school committee chair and executive assistant, both female. Uh, one of them, the school committee chair, Cynthia Kuzinski, reportedly interpreted his ladies' greeting as a microaggression, according to the newspaper. As she later told the Gazette, most of her fellow committee members believed it was extremely unprofessional and inappropriate of Perone to address the chairperson she is a lady, with a, though. quote, familiarity he had not earned. Oh, no, 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 no. If I see a lady, I'm going to say, that's a lady, mm-hmm. and I don't have to know her. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you call somebody who, Some what do you call a woman that you're not familiar with? What do you call her? I, I don't know. I'm looking over this story to, you know, to see maybe if, so you didn't like the word ladies. What did you want him to call you? I I think ladies is very complimentary. Yes. Uh, Calling someone a lady. Unless you're not one, but Um, I mean. Yeah. um, So, so uh, uh, at the end of the day, they're trying to get him the job anyway, right? Because this is stupid. Uh, Yes. There, there was a rally. Uh, It was held in support of Perone. Um, actually, a state senator who's a Democrat, um, he's defending Perone as well. Good. So, yeah. You know why? We'll see what happens. Why? Because this is stupid. Extremely stupid. Carrie, thank you. I appreciate that. When we come back, it'll be Kay Smythe, her own self, Cray News with Kay on a Monday. Stay here. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady back. It's Cray News with Kay on a Monday. It's Kay Smythe. Kay, how are you? Good to see you. I'm great, Joe. How are you? How was your Easter? Yeah, my Easter was very good. A lot of food, too much food. Jenny made lasagna, and we had kibasi, and we had cake, and we had... Kay, I can barely move today. Can you see I'm 30 pounds heavier today than just yesterday? Well, it, I can't see it, but it might be because I'm also about 30 pounds heavier than uh, I was yesterday morning. I had the same thing. Yeah, John's family. I don't think I've eaten that much in one day. I haven't eaten today. I haven't needed to. Like, that's how much food I ended up eating. But, but, what, I, but what is that? Let, let me ask you this. What is that? Jesus died on the cross for us, got back up three days later, moved the rock away, and became, you know, Jesus went and reunited with the, the whole triune God thing. And we're just shoving stuff down our down our faces. Is that really what the celebration was supposed to be? Do you think? Um, 
Probably not in terms of practicality, <laughs> right. but I think the underlying, you know, we're getting together to celebrate something yes. so incredible that saved us all that, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but that's how we celebrate in this family. Like, we are foodies, not yes. in that kind of like, we're going to take pictures on Instagram of every meal kind of way, but more in the right. sense of. We spend an hour cooking every single day, both of us together, because John's an excellent cook, very nice. methodical about everything. So I think that that aspect of it, the coming together, the family, that shared love, and I've, you know, over the years when I haven't had family here, I've gone and done Easter with friends. And I think it's, I think that aspect of it is is kind of beautiful in so many different ways. I agree ways. with you. I think it is beautiful, and I think that Jesus appreciates it. But then I think Jesus also says, are they really going to eat that much? <laughs> I think there, I think there might be some of that in there as well. But we had a very good Easter. I'm glad that you did too. Let's get into some serious stuff here. Not very long ago, probably before you were born, but I was an adult, um, and, and I remember if the lights went out, we didn't care. If there was no internet, we didn't know because we didn't know about the internet. Um, uh, cell phones were a thing that really rich people had in their cars every once in a while. But we, for the most part, even without the so-called grid. We didn't care. I still went and, and went to work. We still went and did our thing. Uh, we were not incumbent upon this thing. In probably two or three decades, Kay, we have become 1,000% reliant on this thing. And what if it goes down? Well, this is the big question, right? Because we are in such a position of vulnerability with our access and our dependency on electricity in every way, shape or form. Like there is not one single thing in either of our lives, in anyone who's listening's lives, that doesn't at this point pretty much, unless you have a garden and you have a well on your property and you have livestock that you know how to slaughter by hand and you can protect your property, like everything else outside of those, those very small factors, everything else is dependent on electricity. And I think it's, I think it's deeply concerning that we don't talk about this issue often. And I blame myself in many ways because I've always focused on the sort of vulnerabilities that come from our cosmos. You know, our sun has the power to knock out all of electricity in, you know, pretty much all over the world, all at one point. And I write about this a lot, Joe, like pretty much all the time. And then this is so weird and random, and I promise these two things tie in together. The other thing I write about a lot is uh, any television show in development by Taylor Sheridan. And so about a month ago, I wrote a story about how Dennis Quaid is just signed on to be in one of Taylor Sheridan's new shows. He does Yellowstone, 1923, all of these incredible, you know, incredible series, a lot of great movies too. And so I had, you know, in my sort of search history, Dennis Quaid. And I clicked on it by accident when I was looking for a different story, probably something about Morgan Wallen. And I come across this documentary called uh, Grid Down Power Up. It's about an hour long. Now, Joe, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I don't think it's the best made documentary I've ever seen. I wrote that in my review. I do think that it is the most important documentary that has been made in probably the last 20 years, and no one is talking about it. It has hardly any views. I've never heard of it. Is it, is it, is it, something, is it something recent? It came out in, I, gosh, I think it was like, like August or September 2022. Wow. Okay. And the only reason, well, I saw the link, but the only reason that I clicked on it is because I was like, wait a minute. 
why is Dennis Quaid doing an interview on Fox News? Like, that is not a normal process when it comes to PR for mainstream Hollywood. And, you know, I put this, uh, I put the link in one of the articles I think I wrote today. Um, The headline is something like Starvation, Death and Destruction. Um, That's a nice headline. It's a good headline. That'll grab your attention. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) um, number one apocalypse writer. Um, Not really. But uh, so I I watched this interview and it's I think it's about a seven minute long clip. And the first five minutes or so, give or take, is Dennis Quaid talking about the vulnerabilities to our grid. And now these vulnerabilities come in four different forms. There's sort of external threats from or I can't remember all of the different ones off the top of my head and how they broke them down. But one of the big ones is threats from China, North Korea, Russia from an EMF attack. That's something along the lines of, you know, one of these uh, detonators that they can literally like a nuclear detonator, essentially, that they can like hang over the country and that can take out all of our electricity like that. You know, we could be talking here right now. Then all of a sudden everything powers down and we're done for several months because it could take, you know, a few months to pretty much never to get the grid back up and running once it goes down. We're talking about like every single piece of electricity essentially being fried all at the same time. So that's millions of deaths right there just in hospitals alone, probably in the first couple of weeks. Um, The other uh, attack that can happen, which has been happening, I think they said there's been like 700 attacks on substations across the country in the last few years. I actually wrote about one of the attacks last year. Um, A bunch of people shot up a substation here in North Carolina. No one's been caught for it. A few weeks later, one of my colleagues wrote a story because it happened not far from where she lives. Um, And then the other major like sort of risk is, again, from uh, the cosmos. And I can't remember what the fourth one was. I might have lumped a couple there in together. But um, this is this is serious, Joe, like everyone listening right now has the power to lobby their elected officials to do the necessary upgrades to protect us from that kind of attack. Um, Because it's not just, you know, if the Internet, the electricity, everything goes out, it's not just like losing access to food, money, and water. It's complete social collapse. Right. It is mass death. It is mass disease. That is, we would go back to the dark ages overnight. Well, and we just I, don't know how to sustain ourselves. We don't know how to sustain ourselves at all. We, we become reliant so much on the grid and so much on grocery stores and so much on banks. I mean, we, we could not be self-reliant like we used to be. We just can't be. Not at all. Not at all. And I think that that's a real travesty. You know, I, uh, I don't want to kind of make light of anything here. I'm actually trying to make a serious point when I say this, but it would kind of be great if in schools we started teaching children all of those different types of self-sufficiency, like how to grow a small garden, give them that sense of sort of like pride, but also give them a really important skill set at a young age, teach them how to forage, teach them how to live at one with nature, instead of maybe trying to like sexualize them at the age of like in kindergarten and talking to them about like gender ideology and all that other rubbish. So crazy. Um, You know, just stuff that could save their lives. So so, so how to, how to find some food and water for yourself. That might be a good lesson. Imagine that. Okay. On a, on a down moment and you're always busy, but on a down moment, do me a favor and look up what was being taught in schools in this country 100 years ago. You'll be stunned. There's stuff that you and I don't know. 
that they were teaching little kids a hundred years ago. We have gone away from educating anybody. We don't educate the population at all. We tell we tell the population rely on the grocery store for your food, rely on 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 you know this these people for your electricity, those people for whatever else that you need, and the government's always going to be there for you to give you this, that, and the other. We don't teach self sufficiency. We don't teach freedom anymore in this country. And we're gonna. I think you're right. I I hope it doesn't happen in our lifetimes, and I hope that we get ahead of this, but. Why wouldn't enemies want to take us out? And that's the, the, the easiest way. You don't have to kill anybody. You don't have to shoot anybody. You don't have to go to war. You just take out the, the grid, and then you're all set. It's Case Smythe at Case Smythe everywhere. Check her out on the Daily Caller. Check her out on Newsmax and everywhere else she is. Um, I've got to talk to you about unwanted Americans going over to, I guess, Europe and stealing <laughs> men. But before I do that, let me ask you this. As somebody from the U.K., from Uck, uh, from Wales... Uh-huh. What do you guys think about France? I think France owes us everything. And by us, I mean the United States. And then when I see Macron and his scrawny little ass over there in Guangzhou, China, kissing up to President Xi, it bothers me that they're making some economic deal or being buddy-buddy when basically that's a turn of your back, I think, by France to the United States, without whom France wouldn't even exist today. It'd be little Germany. But isn't this what we're like sort of led to expect from France at this point? And I, I say this, I say this, Joe, having spent huge quantities of my childhood in France, I think probably more time than any other country other than Wales. Um, I have a lot of very close friends who are French who still live in France, people yeah. I've known my entire life. Um, they, I think, to a certain extent, feel the same way about their government as uh, you, I've got to say that last bit you just did about um, about the sort of just total destruction of freedom um, in terms of education was so eloquently put. It Thank was you. brilliant. Um, and yeah, like this is the thing, though, right? It's like now we've got children in Europe growing up seeing leaders over there buddy buddying up to Xi Jinping because. At the end of the day, I'm so sick of people, Joe, saying, oh, no, China makes so much money from us. Like, they need us. They're not going to wipe us out. Uh, no, they they don't need anything from us. There is yeah. literally not a single thing that China needs from America. We are a laughing stock to that country, as is pretty much the rest of the world. And they have been invading us for years, yes. winning. Um, I mean, at this point, like, it's it's sort of up to them whatever happens next. Like we don't really have any say. Um, and yeah, well, no, no, I couldn't agree more. But what, I don't understand what is Macron doing. Macron's answer to she is, I can't come and visit you. I'm friends with America. I'm friends with the United States. I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna do separate trade with you. I've got to make sure that the country that saved us in 1945 is is cool with me meeting with you he just shows up he's there for a three a three-day vacation with president xi and he's walking and i think the comment was something like we don't have to get uh america's approval no no you don't need our approval but you need to show us the respect that you owe us i think yeah absolutely and i think also at this point in time you've got to consider like the United States, sure, we're a mess right now because of our democratic leadership. And, you know, you can say what you want um, about the last uh, administration. But for everyone living here, like, I don't know a single American whose life is currently better under Biden. Right. Whereas, like, under Trump, we were safe. We had a great economy. Things were just so much better. But the rest of the world has essentially turned on America 
and said, no, we don't really want you guys anymore. We don't want your entertainment. We don't want your music. We don't want your politics. We don't want you telling us what to do. You are the people who voted in Trump. And because of the corrupt mainstream news media, we think you guys are all stupid. They don't get to hear the conversations that you and I have, Joe. They don't get to have um, access to the actual news and information of what's really going on here in the United States. And it honestly, my dad's out here visiting right now from the UK and he's a screaming liberal. We've had so many arguments, <laughs> but whatever. Um, how does that work? How, how could that possibly work under the same roof? That's crazy. It's a nightmare. But I've said to him a million times, I was like, there is not a single member of my family back in the UK. If they were living out here in the United States right now, I think every single one of them would vote for DeSantis, most likely. I don't think they'd vote for Trump, but they would vote for DeSantis right. in 2024. Right. Um, but the rest of the world doesn't know that. And Macron, I think he's literally just trying to make sure that France doesn't get nuked. Because, like, what does France do other than, like, bread and wine? You know? like And, and snotty. And snootiness. Yes. I think they do snooty very well. So are American women really showing up in France and Germany and the UK and Italy and stealing uh, European men? Is that what's, is that going on? Joe, this was the stupidest article I've ever read in my entire life. Like, I've read some, like, I think I've literally done headlines, which is like New York Times idiots say. Um, right. And I don't, I don't go looking for this. I never read the New York Times unless uh, I actually just get sent these headlines. And so this morning, um, one of my colleagues, I think it was Arjun Singh, he, uh, he sent it to a, sort of like a group chat we have at the Daily Caller. And I start reading this article, and yeah, it's all about how American women are just like sick of uh, the way men date in America right now. Um, so they're going over to Europe to find men and boys and, you know, like to go out and have fun and like be cute and young and whatever. Um, I get it. I can totally understand why watching, you know, a lot of different shows, you would think that that's a good idea. But as I said repeatedly throughout this article, um, if you think dating is bad in America, there is absolutely no way you're going to survive in Europe because not only is it a completely different process in terms of well, like, say, for example, you meet someone at a bar in the States, maybe you exchange numbers, um, you might text back and forth, call, go out for a drink right. after, like, a couple of little dates like that. Maybe you'll, you know, like, it'll kind of go on from there. And that's how you build a relationship. Um, in Europe, a guy will literally run up to you in the street, like, three or four times a freaking day, and be like, oh, my God, I'm in love with you. I've seen you. I've seen you walking down the street. And, like, one of the girls in this article was like, oh, my gosh, this man chased me down the street, and it was amazing. And I was like, yeah, that happens, like, all the time. I can't. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And I'm not saying this to sound smug. Like, I called up a bunch of my British friends, and I was like, listen to this. And we were crying, laughing. And one of the girls, um, one of the girls I grew up with, I was sort of telling her about it just to be like, is this fair for me to write this? She was like, yeah, but you need to really emphasize how all of these American girls have to go and get, like, you know, a checkup with their doctor after they spend <laughs> this time in Europe. Because you, 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 you might be picking something up that you weren't expecting. Yeah. Yeah, Ew. and like, it's not going to be long-term commitment. Yeah. Like, I said, I've said to John a million times, like, back in the UK, back in Europe, marriage in terms of, like, you know, like, weddings and all that kind of big fancy stuff, it just doesn't happen in the same way. Most people do common-law marriages, or they'll be together for, like, 10 years, have a few kids, maybe they'll get married after a while, but they're still considered married in the eyes of the law. You know, there's not enough Jesus in Europe. I'll say it a million times. They could do with a lot more of him. Yeah. Um, 
and you know that kind of plays into relationships and people are in my experience less open to therapy less open to do the work to make those you know marriages work and uh, I think a lot of these girls are going to come home crying single and going to end up being like, um, what's her name, Mrs. Habersham's, you know, just sitting in the window, like still in their wedding dresses. I've got, I've got maybe 10 seconds left, but as you know, Sam went to Italy not very long ago. As you went to a lot of places in Europe, my daughter Sam, she said in Italy, they were really, really aggressive. Like, like, like you said, oh, I'm in love with you, but then very touchy and very feely and, and very aggressive like that. And she was like completely put off by it. So it's, it must be unbelievably different there. I would have no idea, but it's got to be unbelievably different. Just wrap it in about 10 seconds for me. Well, I met my accountant because he chased me through the streets of Milan <laughs> going, you are my Khaleesi. I Come love on. you. Wow. He me a drink. We got to chat and he realized I could read and I was like, okay, we can be friends. <laughs> there you go. It's CaseMyThought.com. CaseMyThought.com. Read everything on the Daily Caller. Check around on Newsmax. And of course, here every Monday. Kay, appreciate you. You're the best, Joe. Thank you. You're the best. We're back after this. Stay right here. Hi, great to have you the Joe Pag Show. I think we've got time for some pop culture. Whip. Dirty pop. Mike is behind the controls. Mike, what you got? So, unfortunately, Betty White's home in L.A. that had been around, she had lived in, in the, since the 60s is being demolished oh. because a dentist and his wife bought it. Boo. Bad news. Mike, I appreciate you. Polo, thanks. Carrie, Sam, I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>